Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Check out our blog at DIYMoney.org. That's DIYMoney.org. Now, enjoy this episode. All right, welcome back. You are listening to DIY Money, the podcast that hits you between the eyes when it comes to your financial future. Really? That's aggressive. It is aggressive. I'm aggressive. It's the caffeine. What can I say? Daniel, last week we had a riveting show. I loved it. It was awesome talking about creating or cutting your way to margin, which is key if you want to actually progress in your budget or your financial future. We're going to flip the script a little bit, and we're going to get back to a subject matter that is most riveting, like we did a couple of weeks ago regarding the 401k. We got some questions, a couple of suggestions. My kids will like that. That's from Hamilton, actually. Uh, Anyways, uh, we had some questions regarding a Roth IRA. Uh, That's always a subject matter that comes up uh, around tax season. Uh, It's always a subject matter that comes up around retirement planning. So we're going to go back uh, away from the intense budgeting savings uh, conversation, and we're going to get back into the uh, the roots of retirement financial planning. We're going to talk about the Roth IRA. Roths are riveting, though. Roths are riveting. So what can you tell us about a Roth, and what do folks need to know? All right, so when we're talking about uh, retirement savings accounts, it all really comes down to taxes. How you pay your taxes and when you pay your taxes uh, is important. So uh, here in the States, we we basically have two options for individual retirement accounts. We either have the IRA, which is the traditional individual retirement account. uh, And on this particular type of account, you are going to get a tax deduction anytime you put money in. So if you put $1,000 in this year, you're going to deduct $1,000 from your income when you do your taxes, and you're going to get the uh, tax back that you would have otherwise paid on that $1,000. The equivalent for this for the uh, our friends up across the northern border is the RRSP, the Registered Retirement Savings Plan for those up in Canada. Now, in the States, we have a Roth IRA, which is essentially the exact opposite of a traditional IRA. Okay, So when you put money in, you're actually not going to get any type of tax benefit right now. In fact, if you uh, were paid through your paycheck, you have already paid tax on that money. You're going to put it in to the Roth IRA. You're not going to get any tax benefit now. But the benefit you are going to experience is that money is going to grow between now and retirement. And when you go to make the withdrawal, you are not going to pay any taxes on your withdrawal, unlike with an IRA in which you got a tax benefit early on. So every time you take money out of that traditional IRA, you're going to pay taxes on it. It's easy to see how, if over time you understand the power of compounding, and that's that assets over time are going to grow at a compounding rate of interest, your Roth IRA could be substantially large in retirement, and you're going to pay zero tax when that comes up. Now, uh, for those up, again, in Canada, that's the equivalent to a TFSA a, uh, what is that, tax-free savings account, I believe, is what the acronym stands for. So they're pretty similar. Uh, the one difference for those uh, up in Canada that I wish the uh, Congress and the IRS would adopt down here is that for the TFSA, your contributions are, contribution limits are cumulative. 
So if you don't get a chance to use your full contribution limit every year, that actually accumulates over time. So you can make it up in the following year. Here in the States, you're going to have a capped limit each year. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. So it's important to go ahead and take advantage of those contribution limits if you can. Um, you've become well-versed of this Canadian. What's going on there? Well, we got, we actually have quite a few Canadian uh, listeners and subscribers to the podcast. So How did an, that happen? It, I don't know. I guess we just have a wide reach. So it's important to uh, understand that this is not just uh, advice. And Well, we don't offer financial advice on this show because we don't know your personal financial situation. But that's not just entertainment and education uh, for those of us that live in the great United States. It's for uh, all of our listeners that are tuning in. That's a good compliance catch, by the way. Well, good. we are wealth managers, and so we do have to be uh, careful that we are not providing you with individual investment or financial advice. All right. So the Roth is still relatively new, uh, created in the Taxpayer Relief Act 1997. I remember when it came out, uh, I was interning in a wealth management office. I was uh, still at the University of Kentucky, and it was interesting because they gave individuals the opportunity to convert IRAs uh, to Roth IRAs and pay the tax over a five-year period. They did that again, um, I want to say 2004 or 2005. Um, they've not done it since. Uh, and it's one of those things that every once in a while, well, they've done it twice, I guess, uh, but they, they come out with it. And it's something that when they do come out with that, it's something, if they ever do it again, to certainly look at. But that does hit upon a point that I want to make, and that is there are two ways to fund a Roth. Actually, and there's a third way, kind of backdoor way, if you will, but the two traditional ways of funding a Roth are contributions and conversions. And those are two separate ways in which to fund a Roth. They actually each have their own set of rules. So, Daniel, break down what the difference is and why or how someone would even consider uh, a more non-traditional way, which would be the conversion methodology of funding a Roth. So when we're talking about uh, the traditional way, that's simply that you just have income or money in your uh, checking or savings account and you make a contribution uh, to the Roth. So that's pretty standard. Now, when we're talking about conversion, uh, we're speaking of a account that you already have, uh, a retirement account that is in a traditional IRA, or maybe it was a 401k that you rolled over, and you can convert that. You can move those monies uh, from the deductible retirement account, that means that you already got the tax deduction on it, into um, your Roth IRA. The caveat there is that you are going to have to pay the taxes uh, during that one-time conversion. So the money that you move from your traditional IRA or that 401k into a Roth is going to count as income tax or income to be taxed in the year that you make that conversion. So it's going to increase your taxable income. However, now you have that money in a Roth, which is going to grow and not be taxed in retirement. So when would you want to do this? Well, typically in a year that is tax favorable to you. So let's say uh, you're between jobs um, or you're a business owner and you know that uh, this particular year you're going to have uh, less income to report. Those are good opportunities to convert monies. Now, if you're looking at your IRA and you have a large amount there, and converting it would move you up into a new tax bracket or do something else unfavorable of that nature, 
uh, then you may not want to do that. And so it's important to look holistically. It's not just a, hey, uh, anytime you have money in your IRA, it's good to convert it over to a Roth. Uh, it is actually a situation-by-situation situation basis, and you want to look at kind of your whole financial picture before doing that. Because one of the issues that happens is if you are in a tax bracket, you know, maybe or maybe not, but brackets are uh, bracketed by income. And so you have to be careful when you are looking at doing a conversion that your conversion amount doesn't thrust you into a new tax bracket. Thus, creating an adverse tax situation on the entirety of your income. So it is a it is not just cut and dry of saying, well, you know, we should convert this amount, et cetera. Now, I want to avoid the weeds a little bit. I want to back back out uh, from that. Uh, but I wanted to bring it to your attention because folks that are sort of in a in a world, let's say that they are in or at retirement and let's say they're living off of retirement assets that they've put aside and maybe that's dividend income, Social Security, they're in a situation where they have the opportunity to sort of, uh, let's say, make their income for tax purposes more favorable. So let's say that they might be using some principal uh, instead of interest or qualified dividends, something along those lines. There is the opportunity then to do conversions in larger chunks out of the IRA into the Roth so that it's taxed at a lower rate and never taxed again. Now, other than just getting that tax-favored treatment once it's in there, Daniel, why would anyone convert? Like, what's the, what's the big deal? Who cares? What are you getting at here? Because the— RMDs. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. I, so if you're in a traditional, you're going to have to make uh, distributions when you're 70. Uh, so for the demographic who's often listening to this show— uh, where 70 seems like a long way off. Uh, if you have a 401k or an IRA, when you hit age 70 and a half, the IRS is going to want to finally start taxing that money. It's never had, it's never been taxed before. Uh, so they're going to want you to start taking that out. Uh, at which case they're basically forcing you to take out a calculated amount, which is calculated on your life expectancy. That, that's just a fancy way of saying they're forcing your hand to take distributions from that account and pay income tax, regardless of the rest of your tax situation. That's not a position that most taxpayers want to be in, uh, such that the IRS is basically telling you uh, extra income that you have to realize on your tax return. So the beneficial nature of having that in a Roth is that's not going to happen. The exception, uh, and we see very, very few people run into this, is if you had left that in a Roth 401k, Versus a Roth IRA, there actually are required minimum distributions on a Roth 401k. Um, we very, very, very rarely see somebody who doesn't just automatically roll that over into a Roth IRA anyhow. Uh, but RMDs are, are, you know, if you can avoid them, they're, it's worth avoiding because you leave more money in your IRA to pull out when you want to pull it out. Thus, uh, allowing you to potentially pass that on to your heirs later in life. So that is one of the big benefits of Roths. You do have to run the numbers a little bit and make an educated guess on your tax situation now uh, versus in retirement and how that all looks. And that's how uh, that's probably best done via talking to kind of a financial planner and kind of going through a plan of what that looks like and making those decisions.
So the numbers uh, to remember, the ages to remember, and these are these are kind of strange and a little cattywampus, uh, and I don't, I really don't understand the the halves, uh, what the halves have to do with it. But whether it's an IRA or a Roth, you have the ability to take that money out penalty free, penalty free. That's an IRS imposed penalty if it's pre this age, but you have the ability to take that out at 59 and a half. So if you fund an IRA uh, or a Roth, uh, you have the ability, you, you leave it in there until you're 59 and a half. Now, the other date, which again is way far off for most of our listeners, we understand that, but it's just important to sort of start gaining the knowledge. But the other date is 70 and a half. Jeez, I'm going to be an old man. And that's again, another weird date or strange age, but it's the date in which IRAs have to start taking money out. So you don't have the luxury of leaving it in there forever. The government says, okay, you've gotten this tax deferred growth long enough. We now are going to force you to take money out. You then have to pay tax on those distributions. And that sometimes can be hefty, especially if you are a high earner and you have a majority of your money in your 401k. Uh, That's why it does pay, in my opinion, to meet with somebody uh, 10, 15 years prior to retirement to make sure you're not going to be in a terrible tax situation when you're retired, uh, worse than you're in now when you're working. A lot of people are shocked by that. But nonetheless, with a Roth, you don't fall subject to that required minimum distribution, so you can leave it in there. In my opinion, it's another great way to save for kids as well. So you might be parking money in a Roth, not not sort of, in your opinion, allocating it towards retirement. You may. You may say, look, if it's there and we need it, we'll use it. But ultimately, to give to kids uh, and, and allow them to use that money tax-free upon your passing. It's a great way to pass wealth on to the next generation. So that's the, the summary of it. Are there any other caveats that, that people need to know, Daniel? What's the deal with um, you know, making sure money's in there for five years before they can touch it, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, so you have to have your uh, Roth opened uh, approximately five years because it's actually based on the January 1st of the year that you open the Roth. Uh, but it has to be open five years before you don't pay uh, taxes on that. So if you think you're ever going to use a Roth, it's actually best just to open one uh, at a brokerage that's not going to penalize you for having an open and unfunded account because then you uh, get rid of that five-year rule uh, early on. So uh, the other real good benefit of a Roth, unlike an IRA, so an IRA, if you take money out before retirement, you're going to pay a penalty plus tax on that. A Roth IRA, if you do the uh, good paperwork and tracking as far as the contributions that you have put into there, there's a good chance that you can withdraw the contribution portion, the amount that you put in, not the amount that it's gained, but the amount that you put in over time, uh, you can potentially withdraw that prior to retirement age uh, with no taxes and no penalty. Uh, So it can kind of be serve as kind of a good potential if you're just starting out and you're having to make the decision between an emergency fund uh, and saving for retirement, there, there is the potential to kind of use a Roth IRA as a hybrid of the two until you can create some more of that margin we talked about in the previous episode to contribute to both. All right. 
Is there anything else to add? I think that's pretty comprehensive. We've got basically another four minutes, or we just can cut it short. What do you think? In the interest of the country, I think it's time to wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, uh, what, whenever you get into retirement accounts, uh, Roth IRAs, IRAs, and so forth, there are some of those obscure sort of tax rules and so forth. So a lot of it is pretty simple. You know, Roth IRA, uh, you can pay tax now, not pay later. IRA, tax deduction now, pay tax later. But uh, you do get into some obscure rules. So if you do get confused on some of those things, it is good to talk to somebody uh, who's preparing your taxes or so forth or a financial planner because uh, these are some areas that you don't kind of want to run afoul of the rules. There there are some uh, taxes and penalties there that, that can be quite obtrusive and that you might not realize that you're bumping up against. So uh, do some Googling. Uh, read about stuff. If you're trying to do something uh, kind of funky that's out of the normal, you know, putting money in, taking money out, 60-day uh, rollovers, things like that, uh, just be careful and make sure you kind of know what you're doing because once you start adding up taxes and penalties uh, on some of these things, it's a bit odd. But if you're just contributing, letting it sit there, saving for retirement, you're going to be fine. And we won't go in the weeds at all uh, for this, but a Roth can be opened at a Vanguard, uh, Fidelity, something along those lines, and you can use the lifestyle funds, the the investment methodology that we've talked about on previous shows, indexing, keeping costs lows, et cetera. Absolutely. Uh, the one thing you do want to look out for is uh, with Roth IRAs, there are some limits uh, on income, especially if you are, uh, well, there's limits on basically what income you're butting up against and whether or not you can contribute to a Roth. So if, if you're one of our listeners uh, that is doing quite well between you and your spouse or just you alone, uh, you do want to research those limits because you could get into a situation if you're above that income limit where you contribute all year long and you actually kind of have to back that out. The IRS has a kind of a system and uh, way of doing that. Your broker is going to have a way of doing that. But if you can save yourself the headache, if you know ahead of time that your income is going to be over that limit, uh, don't do that. So go ahead and uh, Google uh, Roth IRA income limits and as those change from year to year uh, and figure out what those are before you go ahead and contribute if you think you're you're kind of a high earner. When we talk about high earners, we're talking about uh, in the high uh, 100s, $1,000 a year. So if you're uh, above 180 roughly, uh, in taxable income or gross income per year, you might want to research those limits. All right, there you go. That's a good comprehensive uh, look into a Roth IRA. If you have further questions, you can hit us up on Insta, and we'll hit up hit those questions, right? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, shoot us some questions on Instagram. Uh, whether or not we've covered that topic, if you have any topics that you really want us to touch on or any listener questions, uh, we'll dedicate some shows to those here in the future. So feel free to follow us at uh, on Insta, it is at DIY.money, or you can just go to DIYMoney.org, click the Instagram button on the top right, and be taken to our profile. Give us a follow, and uh, shoot us some comments or messages on what you want to hear on the show. And clearly, if you're from another country, Daniel will research your country's savings plan. Well, it helps that uh, <laughs> Canada is uh, relatively similar, if not slightly better, than the American plans. Uh, so if you get into something obscure like Kazakhstan, no problem. The TFSA is pretty awesome up in Canada. So uh, all things being equal, I mean, a cumulative contribution limit. Come on, IRS. Yeah, if you're listening. That's really good. I like let's that. Let's update that. That's good. All right. Uh, you've been listening to DIY Money. Please give us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can check us out on Insta, Facebook, Twitter. I don't know, all the social media things that people are doing. I'm not on Twitter. Are you doing Twitter? Pinterest. 
Whatever. I do Twitter, yeah. Well, no. DIY. Yeah. Mm. DIY. Okay. We'll get there eventually. We'll get there. It's growing. We love it. We thank you so much uh, that you are tuning in. And again, hit us up on uh, any of those channels to uh, let us know any subject matter you want to hear about. You've been listening to DIY Money. Remember, friends, secret to wealth is not all that complicated. Live on less than you make, invest the rest, and do so for a very long time. Make it a great day. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to check out all that we have on the blog, DIYmoney.org. And if you haven't already, leave a review so your friends know that this is a show worth listening to.